Well, what happened? We were walking through the woods, quiet as you please, when all of a sudden the ground started shaking and something came crashing through a bush. I thought it was you, Peg, but it didn't want my wallet. It was a bear. A big one. With my name on it. Okay, next, please. Go on, Stanley. I got a hundred dollar check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I, I have a hundred dollars. Not anymore, you don't. Poof. Well, well, what can I do to get back I'm my... I'm sorry, sir, but this line is for bank members only. I just opened an account. Do you have any money invested with this bank? No, you just lost it all. Then please stand aside for people who actually have money with us. Next, please. Boo-boo. I think it's time I introduce myself to that picnic basket. You know, Yogi, we could just hunt for food. All the other animals do. Boo-boo. A picnic basket has everything a bear needs. And I'm not just talking about the treats and snack-type goodies. No. A picnic basket holds a lot more than that. It holds dreams. Well, good morning. I'm Rabbi Dave. Good morning. I am Friar Rod. And this is What the Frock, an irreverent look at the world around us by two doctors of divinity. Mm -hmm. We really are. Where? It's not kidding. The certificates say so. Yep. <clears throat> so does the receipt. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Good stuff, man. That said, um, there are many people who do not believe that we are normal in the head. We are strange. My wife is chief among them. So, but she doesn't listen to us, but she would she would immediately come back and says, "Really? Not normal. Your wife doesn't listen. Neither does mine." What? Okay. How did we get to the point where our wives do not listen to the show that we do every week? I think it's by virtue of just being married to them. I, I think <laughs> I think that's the default. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're kind of used to us. I don't know. Which is weird cuz we are strange people. The one of the things that we've been talking about offline for, I don't know, the better part, three years now, yeah. since the summer of 2020, mm -hmm. the three of us, myself, Rod and Bill, who is not part of this show because he won't get up early on a Sunday morning, um, have been yeah. talking about Korean baseball, mm -hmm. which we love. I love Korean baseball is uh, awesome. I hope to see the, sea the season this year. I didn't, I haven't watched it. I'm hoping... Yes that they get a streaming deal here in the States because during, during the pandemic, when Korean mm -hmm. baseball was the only baseball being played, uh, ESPN ran the games hmm. and they had Joe, they had Shambi and the other guy, and I can't think of his name now, watching the games on television and broadcasting them from wherever they were because it was the pandemic. How funny. So it was kind of like that scene in Bull Durham mm -hmm. where the guy's, you know, on the phone and he's telling him what happens and the guy in the radio studio is going, clink, double the left. You know, it was great. Yeah. Anyway, the the thing about Korean baseball, and most Americans don't know this, is that Korean baseball teams come with cheerleading teams. Mm -hmm. And some of these cheerleaders are, how do I say this without sounding creepy, very attractive. Uh, well, I mean, you can, you can appreciate you know, beauty without right. sounding creepy. Okay. I don't think I can, but there you go. My wife tells me I can't. So, okay. well, anyway, so my team, the Hanwha Eagles has a particular gal on the team who is just, do you, do you follow this gal on Instagram? I do, I do follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Not because she does, she doesn't do anything weird. I mean, she's a, yeah, She's a social media influencer, so 90% of her posts are, buy this perfume, buy this sure. purse, buy, you know, yeah. and a couple of them are about the Hanwha Eagles, and there you go. <laughs> but anyway, so we got to talking about this, and lo and behold, last week, 
Because you know how Instagram works, right? Sure. Hey, your friend likes this thing or follows this thing. You should follow it too. Ta-da! Yeah. So up in my feed pops this. And and I'm not a huge Instagram guy. I have to remind myself to make posts. Yeah. And before you send me the emails, because I can already hear you about the emails about, why are you using social media? It's stupid. As I've explained dozens of times, in this business, it's not optional. Yeah. If I were not who I am doing what I do, you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. I would ignore it with the best of you. But I'm not. I'm me. So guess what? Social media is a part of my life. I have to be good at it, and I have to do it. I hate Twitter. I hate Instagram, but use them. Yeah. Instagram's nice because it's more graphic oriented. You have to post a picture along with a comment and it's, it's less volatile I find than, than Facebook. You know why it's less volatile because you can't post links. Yeah. If you could post links, it would be, it would, it would become very volatile, but because you can't, you have to, uh, you have to be creative mm-hmm. you have to say what you have to say instead of saying here, read this mm-hmm. like you can do on Facebook. Anyway, so up on my Instagram feed pops this, hey, your buddy Rod follows this person. You should yeah. too. <laughs> and it happened to be a picture of a very beautiful, obviously Korean woman. Yeah. And so I said, huh. And I clicked on it. She had one picture. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. Maybe she's just starting out. Maybe yeah. she's a cheerleader for one of the other teams. I don't know yet. But I thought to myself, well, Rod, who is a cyber security yeah. genius. Well, I wouldn't say genius, but go ahead. Followed her, so I might as well too. Helping <laughs> her out, right? Follow. <laughs> Click. And if the story ended there, you'd go, okay. Yeah. No big deal. Dave's creepy. He follows pretty Korean women on the advice of Rod. Yeah. I don't know. uh, Yeah. Is it weird? Until yesterday, right? Until yesterday. When I get a text from from Rod out of the blue, okay, Cammy and I had gotten up very early yesterday because we had an errand to run yesterday. Yeah. We bought a car, a new car, not a new car. We, we, We bought a 2020 Subaru Outback. With 17,000 miles on it. That's not bad. No, it was uh, it's quite the deal. I mean, you figure they bought it in 2019 because it's a 2020 model. So 17,000 miles in three years. Yeah, that's not bad. This little old lady drove it only on Sundays to church or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful little machine. We love the ascent that we have. So you have two roos now. So we have two roos and a white one and a blue one. And we're just a happy, 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 happy. But okay. this takes time. You know, buying buying a car is not a no. walk-in transaction. You have to sign a bunch of paperwork, even if you're paying cash, yeah. which it's essentially least, we were. I think it's at least a couple of hours. It's at minimum a couple of hours. Yeah. And uh, you have to, you know, you have to sign a bunch of ownership paperwork and stuff for the government. And then it's pouring rain and snow yesterday. And he says, okay. well, I have to wash it. Okay, why? But yeah. there you go. Anyway, if you do follow me on Instagram, the picture that I took of the car that put up, that I put on my Instagram mm-hmm. post um, is not the correct car. Sorry. That's it's, funny. It's just the same model. It's just it's not ours. So that one is actually owned by someone else. I need to take it down because, it, well, <clears throat> there are identifying features on it that I didn't realize were in the photograph when I took it. So anyway, oh, okay. complete aside. We went and bought yeah. a car. Right. And and I sent you a message. And you sent me a message. In the middle of all this, I get this message that says, hey, I, I need to find the actual message because it was so okay. it was so um, banal. Oh, you need to unfollow Keiko on Instagram. They yeah. are a crypto scammer that I've been communicating with over the past two weeks. Yeah. Now. If it ended right there, you'd go, huh, okay. 
I had no communication with these people whatsoever, with they whatsoever. <laughs> but apparently Rod was receiving... It, it actually started, if you want me to go ahead and yes, backtrack. I do. It, it, so I have a Golliard Fryer account on Twitter, and I, I get some followers here and there. I've got a lot of like fake followers that come up and you know women posting pictures and stuff. Well, back in November... I received a follow. I received a follower, and it was it was this Keiko person, and I'm like, huh, interesting. They look like a model or something like that. So right. I like followed a them back. Influence. Yeah, yeah. I just I followed them back just for the sake of you know, okay, let's see what happens. Well, then I started getting uh, messages from them here and there, just saying hi, how you doing? And it was just here and there right. since November. But in the last two weeks, I was asking because she had she or they had said something about crypto mining and i'm like crypto mining yeah i wonder you know i want to learn some stuff about crypto mining so i started conversing with them because where you then, learn about crypto mining is somebody on instagram well and they said they were chinese and they were in china oh she's not chinese not looking at her picture okay that's good to know um i can tell these things okay well you are the korean woman expert i will leave it at that that's and it's good that your wife's not listening to these so anyway um so we started conversing. I was asking them about crypto mining and they would just say, Hey, well, here's this, there's a site that you can actually earn, you know, 12% return a day on your investment. And I'm like, okay, that's way too good to be true. And so we just started conversing back and forth. They started sending pictures of themselves. They, they were trying the, the whole romance option. So I was very skeptical uh, of this whole thing. And, and it got, it got more and more we were conversing and, I got more and more pictures of them. Uh, they were tasteful. They were not nude. There was no rude conversation. Um, and then it kind of built up to this week where... Uh, okay, now, now, if the story ended right there, yeah, you'd go, well, that's kind of a lesson learned about being creepy on the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, and so I, you know, as a part of the conversation, I said, hey, you want to see some pictures of me? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. They're like, Instagram? They didn't know what Instagram was, right? So you taught these people who Instagram was. I, I, and, then, and then Facebook, yes. So they were both on Instagram and Facebook. And they so they followed me and they saw the pictures. And, and so I'm like, okay, this is interesting because I don't care. I mean, this is all public information, right? What's on social media is public. So I don't care. The scammers know it. But uh, so, so if the story ended right there. Yeah. You'd go, eh, you know, it's pretty prototypical of stuff that goes on the internet. Yeah. So the other day, what day was that? Thursday? Yeah. Bill and I were having was, a rather engaged conversation on our text machine. I think it was Wednesday and Thursday. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. Because those were the two days. Right. So it would have been Wednesday. So Bill and I yeah. were involved and we were taking, how do I say this politely, soft pot shots at Rod. Mm-hmm. Who was not responding yeah. at all? No. We couldn't get anything out of him. We couldn't get a rise out of him at all. <laughs> okay. Which is unusual. Which is very unusual. I mean, yeah. it's like I was starting to get worried. I was almost to the point where I was going to call him and say, hey, are, are you okay? When suddenly I get this text well into the evening. Yes. What did I miss? I've been locked up in the FBI office in Roseville all day and didn't have my phone. (laughs) I knew that would get a response. And I said, hey, you don't got to tell them bastards anything. Fifth (laughs) Amendment, bud. (laughs) Ask lawyer up is what I said. Not knowing anything about what was going on at this particular. For all I know, Rod has been arrested, possibly in a cryptocurrency scam. No. From, from he didn't Korea. even know about the crypto cryptocurrency. I didn't scam know yet. about it yet, but, but <laughs> no. in retrospect, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Rod's doing. I mean, you know, we think you think you know somebody, but yeah. all of a sudden they're telling you they're that they're locked up in the FBI office. And I phrased it that way on purpose. I know. Yeah. So being being in information security, I have I, I get opportunities to see kind of under the hood for, for information security things. And and so the FBI had started this, they call it the Cyber Academy, because the Roseville, Sacramento FBI office is actually kind of the lead on technology cyber crime. 
And so they had this cyber academy that lasts a couple of days, eight to five. Uh, but when you show up, you, you have to leave your phone in the car or they confiscate it for the time that you're inside the building. You have zero access. And what are they doing with your phone while they confiscate it? I didn't give it to them. I left oh. it in the car. <laughs> okay. Turned off. Could probably. I mean, technically, they yeah. could probably read it there anyway, but. Probably, yeah, probably if they really wanted to. So, yeah. So I was actually in this cyber academy learning diff about different cyber crime and, and, and even, you know, crypto fraud briefly they, Which they talked on. brings us to this beautiful confluence of situations. Yeah. Rod is essentially at the FBI meeting with them, training, <laughs> whatever, while these cryptocurrency scammers are trying to get him to invest in their crypto yeah. scam. Yeah. It was funny. Because uh, they they well they wanted me to invest because the the whole scam of the crypto scam is and it's a mining scam where you 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 take some money and you convert it to a, a cryptocurrency USDT is the specific currency and you put it into your browser wallet and you invest it in this company and you're supposedly you could get you know four percent a day or more depending on how long you let it ride. And what they do is they may allow you to withdraw some, but you give you give them 100% control of your crypto wallet. So what they do is they usually take the funds hey, and they don't let you have Hey, that sounds like back. a bad idea. Yeah. 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 So anyway, the the scammers, that's what they do. And a lot of them, so a lot of them do the romance option. And so that's what they, they try and, and they'll, it's long term. They will talk for a long time long long time before they actually force you to not force you but try to really pressure you to invest so and you yeah. said and i said to the scammer yes oh okay this well so the, see i've been trying to build the, this whole yeah, part yeah, of the story yeah. it, this is the best part of the story and and so <laughs> so this was this was yesterday so yesterday what i did in the morning is i did a little bit of research and people can do this too is i took a lot of i took a number of the images that they sent me and i did a reverse image search with google and i found multiple images that they said they had just taken in their privacy of their own apartment that were posted online in some advertising overseas, like back in October. So I, I got these links and I, I crafted this nice little, you know, message. And, and basically I, I told them that I needed to apologize to them. But before I do that, I said, Hey, I, I want to help you with your organization because you're doing some things wrong. And I pointed out all the inconsistencies in their story before then stating that, um, and by the way, what I need to apologize to you for is that I lied. I wasn't at a conference last week. I was at the Sacramento Roseville, you know, FBI cyber unit, and we've been documenting everything that you've been doing. And they, and so I basically gave them all your information and, and the website that you're using. So I'm sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> and then I actually terminated all contact at that point. Would you like to be on the other end of that? Yeah. Well, they're having to. So the interesting thing is they were speaking Chinese because there was there was a lot of translation going on. They were using Google Translate and things would get wrong, which was hilarious in and of itself. I was just entertained by half of our conversations because of that. Any, anything more than about four words, Google Translate can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing paragraphs right. and, and, you know, Google doesn't handle slang. American slang no. doesn't convert to, to Chinese. So I had to be careful of that. But. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. So I, I really, there was like three paragraphs that I said real fast. And then the last line was the FBI. And then I just deleted it's because they, all this conversation did not happen over Twitter. They migrate you to WhatsApp. So you're doing, you're communicating with them on WhatsApp. Right. So, that's, so yeah. the lesson of all this, my friends is. Well, what's actually before we do the lesson real fast, what's funny is, is that I actually socially engineered them because I was saying, you know, I need you to unfollow me on, on, on Instagram um, because I don't want my wife to know about us. Right. <laughs> and they said, Which oh, you okay. didn't tell me about, by the way. I did not. No, not until after I ceased communication. But so, and yeah, so I was able to manipulate them to, to stop following me before I blocked them and. It was, it was it was an interesting thing, but which yeah. leads to the lesson of don't trust 
images on no it basically the lesson is you can't trust people that you don't know on the internet and, and if there's a if there's a good looking model that suddenly takes interest you know that they say they're 25 and they take interest in a 55 year old male right it's probably too good to be true that and any like quick returns on your money and it's not going to be it's a scam people it is a scam and now we've got the FBI involved so actually, and so yesterday afternoon, um, I spent time collecting the information and putting the story together, and I reported it to the FBI, and because there's a way to report that, and I reported it to the DHS has another, I think it's the Treasury unit has one as well, and the FTC, and then there's this organization called globalantispam.org, I think it is what it is, and I reported it to them. And explain because they track all these Wait, sites. Global anti spam gas. Global anti scam. Oh yeah, but still gas. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I did. I did report it. Yeah, just not the way that I told them I reported. <laughs> so, are you like panicked? I mean, are you watching the front door? Is the ring oh, camera no. going in case somebody delivers a package to you or something? Or no, no, they don't care. What they'll do is they'll probably move their servers to another they might move it to a different domain or whatever if they actually you know if the FBI actually gets it right, which i doubt it's it's still up and running and and their twitter account is still active from what i can tell and that's the problem is they just move somewhere else they do. just pack up and move because there's no nothing you can actually do to stop this no i did see a video this week ben sent it to me because he hates spammers and scammers mm-hmm and my 12-year-old, who I'm up extra early this morning for because he does not know how to close a door quietly. He just slams them all. Yeah. And he's been up all night. And so this morning, in the space of about 40 minutes, he went to the bathroom, I guess, about 10 times. Closing and... Anyway, he hates these people. So he sent me a video this week of some guy who has far more technical skills than I do. My skills are as an operator. Is this Mark Rober? Might be, I don't know. Okay, but he's so, a guy so. who he's a guy who can in real time track these people. Okay, and it's a video of him getting a scam call, oh, okay. tracking the call. No, this is and else. and talking to the guy in in Bangladesh or somewhere about, oh, you're on the twelfth floor in room two twenty one C. Oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> and of course, they immediately take down their servers and sure, yeah, they panic. That, so anyway. Like I'm gonna do some. What am, what, what am I a drone operator with a Hellfire drone from yeah. from my home here in Silverdale, Washington? That'd be great, wouldn't it though? Yeah, that's why I told the the scammer about the FBI because I figured you know at the very least they're gonna panic and if it costs them time and money they're not scamming somebody else. But what if they're but what if they're government agents? What if they're what if they're PRC agents? Well, then words, it doesn't I, matter, yeah, right? Then they're not gonna. The, the, well, then what I had said on the thing, they're just gonna say, ha ha ha. Nope, you didn't do that. Well, there you go. So there you go, folks. The lesson from the guy who was actually in the bowels of the FBI this week yeah. is don't trust anybody, which I would say includes the FBI, but you know, yeah. be that as it may, learn the lesson of Rod and Dave and Bill, and don't follow hot Korean chicks on Instagram. This is Bill Mick from Bill Mick Live on WMMB in Melbourne, Florida. Hope you're enjoying listening to my buddy Dave or my buddies Dave and Rod, either way. Always good to hear them, and you can join me as well. I'm on Eastern Time, 6 to 9 a.m. every day at BillMick.com. Hit the Listen Live link, and you can pick up the podcast there as well. Morning conversation about the Space Coast, Florida, and the country. We do it every day with Bill Mick Live on WMMB. Now get back to Dave or Dave and Rod. Welcome back. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And speaking of uh, speaking of government spying and the likes of that, mm-hmm. I, I missed this last month, uh, but it's become a discussion, a hot discussion on one of the boards I'm on today, this morning actually, when I was lying in bed as my son was banging doors around. I was scrolling through, doom scrolling, and came across this discussion because I missed this report last week, last month. came out in February. Mm-hmm. The British government has issued a report, and it's a giant report. It's linked in the, uh, the, the the stuff for today, so if you really want to read it, you can. 
It's, it's called not, Prevent. It's, well, I haven't not, sent it to you yet, but oh, okay. it'll be in the page notes. Sure. Um, this recent report claims that people, now, now they're talking about English people, but, you know, you can, you can read into it what you will. Sure. The British government says that people who read Lord of the Rings 1984 are, quote, susceptible, more susceptible, quote, unquote, to becoming right-wing extremists. I can see if you have the mentality of considering the Lord of the Rings in 1984 not good reading, how you might see somebody who reads that as a right-wing extremist. I will, I'll be honest with you. Um, I have a giant copy of Lord of the Rings. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, that thick and it's beautifully bound and I've never Leather read bound? it. What? Leather bound? Oh God, no. No, it's a softback. Okay. I need to get one in hardback just to have, but you know, my, my wife already looks at me sideways every time I walk in the door with yet another book. So yeah. After we bought the new car yesterday, she said, what do you want to do? See, this is the height of adulthood, right? Yeah. When you're 18 and you buy a new car, what do you do? Oh, you drive it and you drive it. You drive, drive the it. snot out of it. That. Yeah. We buy a new car. We, we, we get there at like 8.30 in the morning. By 11, we have our new car. What do you want to do now? Well, let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, we made the decision we were going to go to Tacoma. Because I have been craving to go to Chick-fil-A okay. and the bookstore, the used bookstore, because mm-hmm. I haven't been in months. And so we drove all the way to Tacoma, you know, 40 miles each way to get Chick-fil-A and so I could go to the bookstore. And she's looking at me the whole time like, you're going to buy more books, yeah. more books. I mean, I got a four foot high stack of books next yeah. to my bed. Okay. Does she look at you like that when you when you buy a, a new coffee mug or a baseball hat too? Not as much, because those don't tend to take up as much space as the bookshelves do. Yeah. So anyway, so I have a copy of Lord of the Rings. But here's the thing about me when it comes to reading: I almost never read a book cover to cover. Almost never. I will read five, ten chapters of a book, put it aside. Come back weeks, if not months later, read the next 10 chapters, Okay. put it aside, come back. And I do that with everything. I mean, it's not e- even history books. That's how I read. I, I I rarely have found books that I will read cover to cover, particularly as I've gotten older, because mm-hmm. I don't have the attention span and sitting still for that long is painful. So mm-hmm. so anyway, that's how I read. Uh, but, but I enjoy The Lord of the Rings. Now, there are parts of it that I think are, crap i i don't need the elvish poetry i just don't need it yeah <laughs> okay well you could have just written and the elves sang a song about blah 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 or whatever the dwarves yeah. i i don't need the actual song but hey i didn't write the books never in my life of reading that book have i ever said to myself this makes me want to firebomb the fbi office in roseville no i have read 1984 many times not necessarily cover to cover, but, and I go back, the thing about 1984 is I go back and I'll be talking about a, I'll be in the middle of a conversation about something mm-hmm. and I'll go, wait a minute, that's a, there's a conversation about that in 1984. Now, the thing about 1984 is the movie mm-hmm. that was made with John Hurt and yep. whatever. It's an excellent movie. If you really don't want the, to study 1984, that movie is good. I, I I will take nothing away from the movie. It's really good. It gets the gist of everything, but it leaves out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the scenes it leaves out is the discussion with the old man at the at the pub, which is yeah. integral to me to the part of the plot. I mean, the whole idea here is Winston is wondering, was it really worse before? Yeah, and I don't know because I'm not old enough, and I. He goes and tries to find people who remember before. Yeah. And see, never in all the time I've read that book have I ever said anything except, you know, well, this is very 1940-84-esque, which doesn't make me want to firebomb the FBI Roseville office. What it makes me want to do is 
teach people we need to get back to the, to yeah. the way we, we used to do things, which I don't consider extremism. Mm-mm. But there are also other authors on this list, Rod. Okay, ready? are there? C.S. Lewis. What? C.S. Lewis is on this list of authors who, if you read his books, you are, quote, more susceptible to becoming a right-wing extremist. Now, knowing a bit about you, I'm assuming you've read C.S. Lewis. I've read a number of C.S. Lewis, and not just the fiction. Right. As have I, through the years. Yeah. I will be honest with you, I never really cared for it, but there may be reasons for that. Anyway, the point being that... that um, <laughs> C.S. Lewis, for those of you not keeping up, is a prolific writer of Christian he is. philosophy, yeah, as well as fiction that is directly related to his yeah. to his beliefs. So if you and read a good it, friend of Tolkien, a very good friend of Tolkien, correct. Uh, Adolphus Huxley is on here. Okay, as is Joseph Conrad. Now. I see by the look of Rod's face that he's confused by that. So Joseph Conrad is the author of hands down one of my favorite books. Okay. I mean, it is a very difficult read. It's not a read that it, it, Conrad is a very difficult read anyway, because he wrote, you know, back in the 1800s and sure. the language is very uh, different. But Joseph Conrad wrote a book that you've heard me talk about on the show many times called Lord Jeb. Okay. And it's the story of a man who screws up and spends the rest of his life trying to make up for that. And the moral of the story is, can you yeah, make if you up, screw for, up. If you, for, for, for that kind of screw up? And it, the answer is, is still ambiguous mm-hmm. as, to whether, <clears throat> excuse me, as to whether or not you can or not. So one of my favorite books, uh, I've discussed it many, many times. Uh, most recently, I think we talked about it in the context of Evaldi and the shooting at Evaldi, Evaldi yeah. and the fact that these police officers screwed up and they're going to have to live the rest of their lives with that. Yeah. And you can't get away from it. No. And it doesn't matter how far into the jungle you go, which is what Lord Jim does. He keeps going further and further away. Every time somebody finds out who he is, he just moves on. And yeah. Uh, anyway, so it, it, I, I, I'm not clear on how that book or any of other Joseph Conrad's books would cause me to become more susceptible to right-wing extremism. Did the article say at all as to how they came to that conclusion? The article does not, but the report, and I haven't perused the entire report, I've read the Mm -hmm. executive summary, talks about how people who read these things are anti-immigrant. And and keep in mind, this is in the context of Britain. Sure. So uh, they're anti-immigrant. They're people who voted for Brexit. And that makes them right-wing extremists because they don't want immigrants immigrants into the country and blah, blah, blah. Now, if you read that far, you'd go, well, this is just stupid. Mm -hmm. But the British government paid millions upon millions of pounds sterling to produce this report which actually says in it, and let's see if I can find the actual, the actual quote here, because this is, this is actually remarkable. You ready? This is sure. an actual quote from the executive summary of the report, page 6, paragraph 1.5. Prevent's first objective, and prevent is the name of the report. I don't know why they call it that, but because they're trying to prevent people from becoming radicalized. Prevent's first objective to tackle the causes of radicalization and respond to the ideological challenge of terrorism is not being sufficiently met. Bold print. Prevent is not doing enough to counter non-violent Islamic extremism. Period. Close bold. Non-violent Islamic extremism. Right. We're not doing enough to counter that. So how does that at all relate to any of those authors? They go on. Prevent has a double standard when dealing with extreme right wing and Islamism. Prevent takes an expansive approach to the extreme right wing, capturing a variety of influences that at times has been so broad that it has included mildly controversial 
or provocative forms of mainstream right-wing leaning that have no meaningful, meaningful connection to terrorism or radicalism. However, with Islamism, Prevent tends to take a much narrower approach centered around proscribed organizations, ignoring the contribution of nonviolent Islamist narratives and networks to terrorism. So they admit in the executive summary that they're overreacting to right-wing yeah. extremism, quote-unquote, and underreacting to, what's that word for it? Oh, yeah, actual extremism. Yes. And yet so, we're supposed to take this seriously. So that's what the re- report's about. But yeah. the article did a 180 and didn't, did. pre- didn't present it that way. No, it doesn't. The article presents it as, uh, you know, this is, well, it depends on which article you're reading, of course. Sure. Um, there's one article out there by the guy whose, whose books landed on this list as mildly provocative mainstream right-wing thinking has ended up on this list is if you read his books, you're going to end up as a, as a right-wing extremist terrorist. But this, this causes me a lot of, of thought processes. And and I'll be honest, most of these are still in the very early nebulous mm-hmm. formational standpoint. The, the galaxy hasn't coalesced yet. It's spinning, but, mm-hmm. but I haven't reached my full conclusion with this yet, but it, it should be pretty obvious that this kind of thinking that what you read is going to cause you to become something that is the enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to accept that people learn from reading, but it's also experiment- experiential. In mm-hmm. other words, something happened that caused them to read this extremist literature, which caused the, you don't just pick up, well, by way of example, you don't pick up the, the Bible mm-hmm. and become a Christian because you're not going to get that out of that. Yeah. You you don't pick up Tom Sawyer and become a racist. No. You might pick up some race racist behavior, but is that idea embedded in your head yet? You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that comes elsewhere. And yet at the same time, we are seeing so much attack on freedom of speech, freedom of press right now that it's causing me to be very, and, I, and again, I know this report is English, but I guarantee you there are people over here that are reading this going, see, it's the same thing here. I guarantee that's coming. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me if there was a copy of this report in the Roseville office of the FBI. And they were looking at Rod going, they, you know what, they, they were, just as an aside, they were they were pleasant to work oh, with. Sure. And, and there was actually some, there was a, at least some of the FBI agents that were, when the conversation got around to privacy and, and encryption and backdoors that were against some of those. So there was actually, there's, I both sides that. are covered. I get that. I don't know I how, that. how that weighs. We, we had the story this week, Rod, that. The FBI, quote unquote, didn't want to raid Mar-a-Lago. Remember this story the other day? Well, you yeah. might have been you might have been uh, locked uh, in the uh, office. But. And then when I turned my phone on, got like fifty-three plus right. messages from a Bill and Dave conversation. So there was a story this week that the FBI, quote, didn't want to raid Mar-a-Lago, unquote. And so Bill was saying, "See, the FBI isn't as crazy as we think." But the problem is, they, they did, did it, it anyway. Yeah. So, because somebody seems nice to you up front, doesn't necessarily mean that they're not trying to scam you out of crypto or yeah. something else. Anyway, th- there's so many attacks on the First Amendment, freedom of press, freedom of speech nowadays, that I'm just, when you have Republicans in multiple states mm-hmm. passing, proposing, but not passing yet, laws, restricting freedom of speech and then you have this kind of report coming out it it, it, it just doesn't bode well to no. me it it this this to me is more of a radicalization of a report this this writing is more radicalizing yeah. than than cs lewis would be this writing this report angers me beyond belief it angers me more and this will surprise some of you 
This angers me more than some idiot state representative in Florida who doesn't understand the First Amendment either. Yeah. And I was pretty hot about that. If you Because at least we have legal recourse with the with right. those bills. You can take it up to the Supreme Court. And... Right. But this is just some government-funded report. Mm-hmm. You think the government's going to look at this report and go, well, it's wrong. Or, or even better, if this was here in the United States, they'd go, well, I mean, maybe, but it's the First Amendment, so yeah. they're not going to do that. They're gonna, Congress people are going to wave this report in their hands and go, we must do something. Yeah. We've got to stop this, this idea of free exchange of information and press and media and the likes. And I just, I read reports like this, Rod, and it just, it almost said a bad word, sorry. Yeah. It, it, it frogging makes me mad. And I was pretty <laughs> hopping mad on Friday. I was, <laughs> Rod and Bill know this, but I oh, you were. was pissed. And I was pissed because, it, it, look. When Democrats say and do stupid things, I expect that. Sure. Democrats aren't sending me mailers. They're not robocalling me and emailing Mm me, begging me for money and my vote. Republicans, on the other hand, are. Mm -hmm. And their entire reason for it is because we support the things you support. And then when they have an opportunity to go on the air and support the First Amendment... They say things like, and I'm quoting here, oh, it's a gray area, unquote. Yeah. And I it's, had to turn it off because I was yeah. I was throwing things. Well, you know, it seems to me that the, the right is just as authoritarian as the <clears throat> left is. So every bit is so. Yeah. Every bit is so. Just just different motivations. And that's that's concerning to me too, because I, I'm seeing more and more people on the right who are willing to silence speech. Yeah. Both spoke, both both verbal and print. And they're and they look at you here in Washington, we've got the same kind of law being proposed. And we have this thing now where politicians won't allow you into a press conference unless you're a pre- credentialed journalist. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And now I I understand the argument for that, but I can't even go unless I'm a credentialed journalist. That's that's not free speech. That's not government representation. That's yeah, you know, the place I got one of my certificates uh, ordination also provides a, a press pass. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> See, yes, I'm credentialed. They do. Which is great. But anyway, I, I'm deeply concerned about this. This report that I learned about this morning that came out last month. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice again. For those right. of you not keeping up, I'm having some some major problems and I'm having surgery in 13 days. Huh? Six hour procedure, Rod. Ugh, that's not good. No, it's not good. My, my knee surgery took like 40, my knee replacement took like an hour. Yeah. Now my wife's brain surgery took 11 hours, but that's because they had to open her up and sure. But anyway, I'm not looking forward to this, but in the meantime, I continue to have issues with it. So if my voice fades, sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm just dealing with it. Anyway, this makes me very nervous, and it makes me when 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 people say to me, "Where did it all go wrong?" I would say to you, "When it went wrong, when conservatives, people who say to you they support and defend the Constitution of the United States, mm-hmm. tell you that the First Amendment is a gray area. If the First Amendment is a gray area, then you should not be an elected official. No. You should quit today." and go back to doing whatever it is that you were doing before, which in this particular case, I believe, is real estate. So, Because well, if you don't support the First Amendment, then all the rest is bunk. Yeah. Why Why would you support the Second if you don't support yeah. the First? Well, it's a gray area, Dave. Yeah. You'll tell me that. What we actually do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Whitey. And this is Hank. And you can listen to our podcast, Two Pint Talk on all your favorite podcast sources. So come check it out where we talk about two beers and, and everything stuff. <laughs> Listen to Two Pint Talk on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to What the Frock. Dave, you know that uh, I'm a gamer. That I, I love video games. I, I play them every yes, just about does. every day. You know, every, you know, seven days a week. Well, apparently, there is a a new video game that has been released, and it's you know to be a part of the culture wars, Dave, you got to be the, up and coming. Harry you, Potter game. Well, it's not. I mean, I have played the Harry Potter game. Good stuff. But that is an aside. But the, the new game that's been released, Dave, is a, a transgender programmer has launched. Turfenstein 3D, a game which players kill women critical of transgender ideology, otherwise known as TERFs. So well, using that doesn't the, seem like violent extremism at all. Not at all. No, no. So using the acronym TERF, which stands for basically Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist, and is used to denounce women who don't support trans individuals, even if they support feminist ideas, transgender developer uh, created the title Turfenstein 3D. Which is based on Wolfenstein. 3D. It's based on Wolfenstein, one of the the very first first person shooters. And it's still one of the greatest games ever. It is. It's still pretty fun. Yeah, where you're shooting Nazis normally. Nazi you're werewolves, killing. right? Yeah, yeah, you're killing. Yeah, touted as a first person shooter about infiltrating gender fascist facility and disabling their weapons of mass destruction. The game's target audience is assumed to be aware of the transphobic pressure that exists to transgender people by the media and turfs. So basically. You've got a, a video game that's going to be training already radicalized in their mind activists to go and shoot people that disagree with them. So that's my WTF. I, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I, I really don't. I mean, and, and if, so this if is you a, quote, a game, Rod. Okay, go ahead. In this dystopian world. Fascists have have killed and imprisoned all transgender and queer people, subjecting them to harsh conversion therapy, imprisonment, and death. As you escape, or as you play an escapee fleeing their detention center, while you engage, you, or, or you exact your revenge. So that's literally what they're quoting the so, author. So, what countries around the world would? trans people be in danger of being imprisoned and forced to comply with societal norms. Huh, what let me what th- kind let me of think. countries would that be? Let me think. Hmm. Not America. It's going to be Russia. Hmm. Yeah, Russia. Saudi Is- Arabia. Islamic states yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 And totalitarian dictatorships. Yeah. Western the actual you know, potential fascists. Are- right. I mean, I've I've lived here my whole life. I've never seen anybody thrown in jail for being trans anything. No. But there you go. Meanwhile, there has been a a proliferation of, of accounts on the, the Twitter account. I don't know what happened. These accounts have been around for a long time. Like the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a long time. But apparently they discovered that just tweeting about wildlife and nature and that sort of stuff is, what's the word for it? Oh yeah, boring. Nobody cares. And so somewhere along the line, these these National Park Service accounts have been taken over by somebody who apparently used to work for Wendy's. Oh no, that's funny. Because Wendy's account is is the best account. It's really (laughs) the best to follow. The National Park Service has offered some, quote, sage advice, unquote, for park visitors who in, who encounter bears. I've been to a lot of national parks. I've never seen a bear. This is disappointing to me. Yeah. In fact, I was telling Cammy the other day, uh, once upon a time, 1985, I, or 86 maybe? I think it was 86. I had a trip planned as I was in the Navy here. Mm-hmm. I was going to take 30 days leave during the summertime. I had actually retrofitted my car that I had at the time with an extra gas tank. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going from here to Churchill, Canada for the express purpose of seeing whales and polar bears. Okay. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't get to make that trip because we had kind of a jerk of a captain mm-hmm. who said that unless you're transferring off the boat, you can't take 30 days leave. And I couldn't do the trip in less than Oh, that's a bummer. Days. So anyway, I never got to make it, but still want to go to, still want to go to Churchill. Still want to see bears. I think bears are cool. 
I don't want to get real close to one. No. But but I think bears are cool. There's a scene in one of my favorite books, Last of the Breed by Louis L'Amour, in which the main character, who happens to be half Native American, hugs a bear. And it's just, it's it's an incredible scene. Anyway, the National Park Service has informed park visitors who might engage or see a bear in the National Park mm-hmm. that they should, quote, never push a slower friend down, unquote, to get away from the bear. Okay. If you come across a bear, they said, never push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. <laughs> Because that's sweet. That's a running joke, right? So you know, if you're ever attacked by a bear right. and you're running, it, you know, it's, see, it's, I've always heard it as I don't have to, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun Rod. Yeah, uh, which I don't think I could do right now. But <laughs> no, you would be the bear bait. Seeing a bear in the wild is a special treat for any visitor to a national park. While it's an exciting moment, it's important to remember that bears in national parks are wild and can be dangerous. Please don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, the MPS shared a link to its page of bear encounter advice, which I should link on, uh, which includes hiking in groups, picking up small children, and keeping food away from them. <laughs> picking up small children. <laughs> yeah, care of them. Yeah, that's what I want when I'm trying to run away. So here's what you do if you encounter a bear. Number one, don't push your friend down. Okay. They don't give you an option. Your slow you know, friend. You should do. Right? Your you, slow friend. Well, no, your friend, the friendship has run its course. Okay. Should, in fact, what it goes on to say is, make sure you check the status of all your friendships before you go into the woods. Because <laughs> you want to, not only do you want you to know who to push down, but you want to know who might push you down. Sure, true. To stay away from them. So here's what you do. Uh, once a bear has noticed you and is paying attention to you, additional strategies can help prevent the situation from escalating. Number one, ask the bear if he's read 1984. Mm-hmm. If he has, he's or probably C.S. a right wing extremist. He's probably a right wing extremist, and there you go. So here's what you do. You ready? Number one, quote, identify yourself, unquote. Okay. Who there, I'm bear? Dave. I'm Rod. Talk calmly to the bear so he knows that you are a human and not a prey animal. Remain still. Stand your ground, but slowly wave your arm. Help the bear recognize you as a human. Okay. It may come closer or stand on its hind legs to get a better look or smell. A standing bear is usually curious, not threatening. Okay. So you're supposed to stand there and let the bear come up to you and smell you? It says next step is stay calm. Remember that bo- most bears do not want to, to attack you. They're nonviolent Islamic extremists. Okay. They usually just want to be left alone, but they may they may bluff their way out of an encounter by charging and then turning away at the last second. They may also react defensively by woofing, yawning, salivating, gross, growling, snapping their jaws, and laying their ears back. So if I if I came across a salivating bear, I would be thinking that I'm its lunch. Right. I- What you do, Rod, in that situation is you continue to talk to the bear in low tones. This will help you to stay calmer, and it won't be threatening to the bear. Does this sound like it's right out of the support from Prevent? Stuart Smalley, right? It's Stuart Smalley. You just start talking softly and calmly to the bear. Any scream or sudden movement may trigger an attack. Never imitate bear sounds or make make a high-pitched squeal. Number three, pick up small children because they're likely to make the high-pitched squeal. Um, do that immediately, by the way. Yeah. And do not make any loud noises or screams. The bear may think it's the sound of prey animal. Slowly waving. Hike and travel in groups. Groups of people are usually noisier and smellier than a single person. Therefore, the bear will avoid you. Uh, make yourself look as large as possible. This is why you should always stuff extra marshmallows. And sure. Food yeah, in your yeah, bag. Stuff food in your pocket because I'm right, sure so that'll not. You can eat not, it real quick, get well, bigger. And, I was thinking you could throw you could throw it at the bear, right? You could throw it towards the bear. Hey, I've got well, food. Well, no, because the go. next one is do not allow the bear access to your food. Well, Getting I mean, your food will only encourage it. I think if you have food on you, the best way to get away is to throw the food towards no, the no, bear. No, 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 Rod. Do not allow the bear access to your food. 
it will only encourage the bear and make the problem worse for others. So if the bear comes up to, to the push down. If the bear comes up to you with the peanut butter sandwich you have in your back pocket and wants to eat it, you just don't give it don't to him. Don't let him. See, if you give him that, that's what he wants, and, and you just can't do that with terrorists. You just can't negotiate with them. I think you'd just take it at that point, yeah, along with my Don't my drop your backpack. It can provide protection for your back and prevent a bear from accessing your food. If the bear is stationary, move away slowly and sideways. This allows you to keep your attention on the bear. Uh, moving sideways is also non-threatening to bears. Do not run. But if the bear follows you, stop and hold your ground. Bears can run as fast as a racehorse, both uphill and down. Did you know that? I knew they were fast, yeah. And, they and climb, like dogs, they, they well. will chase fleeing animals. Yeah. There's a lot of animals that do that. Don't climb a tree. Grizzlies and black bears can climb trees. Uh, leave the area. Take a detour. If this is impossible, wait till the bear moves away. Well, it's good to and, know that polar bears don't climb trees because, right. you know. Well, we don't. There aren't any trees up there. That's why. Well, so I'm glad that they specifically that they said, trees. you know, grizzly and black bears because, right. yeah. Are there, bears that, are there bears here. that don't climb trees besides polar bears because they don't have trees? Koalas? Well, they climb trees. Pandas? I th don't pandas climb trees, too? I have no idea. Be especially cautious if you see a female with cubs, because mama, yeah. mama ain't having that. Because just as you would pick up your child first, you yeah, don't want to mess with the cub. Bear attacks are rare. Uh, they're only interested in protecting food, cubs, or their space. If you're attacked by a brown or grizzly bear, leave your pack on and play dead. Lie flat on your stomach with your hands clasped behind your neck. Spread your legs to make it harder for the bear to turn you over. <laughs> Remain still until the bear leaves the area. Fighting back usually increases the intensity of such attacks. However, if the attack continues, fight back vigorously. Well, what's, so there's a threshold. Yeah, I don't know what that threshold is. It's if the attack continues. So when when can you give it food? As opposed to yeah, letting you do be not give it food. That's what it wants. If you give it food, Rod, you will make it more difficult for others. Why are you just thinking about yourself feeding the bear? What what is your problem? Why um, don't you care about me? I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, because we're all gonna die, Dave. We're all gonna die. Now that's the brown bear. Uh, if you're attacked by a black bear, do not play dead. Because you right. can make that judgment call in the split second that you so run across. I'm thinking the bear. myself, how am I going to know the difference? Between, am I going to say, wait, I need to see the color of your skin, the color of your fur. <laughs> I need to make a racial, a skin judgment here before I decide whether I play dead or don't play dead. <laughs> <sighs> or you can just carry bear pepper spray, which is probably the best plan. Because yeah, this is all stuff that would make you say. WTF. Welcome back to What the Frock. I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And Rod, we live in the most glorious of times. We do. We really we realize do. that in less than 24 hours from this recording, we will no longer live in a world that does not have Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 2 available to us. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, the, the humor is kept from, yeah. Based on the trailer, I'm going to say... Maybe. Yeah. Not it's hard sure. to tell. Mel Brooks, the quote from Mel Brooks, the money quote from Mel Brooks is, well, I took their money, so here's the show. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. If you can't get a hold of me in the next week, it's probably because I'm binge watching all six episodes of History <laughs> of the World Part 2. But And what's that going to be on, Dave? You know, I don't even know. It's streaming somewhere. Hulu? Is it Hulu? It might be Hulu. I don't know. 
I'm sure it'll be on YouTube within a few hours, and there's probably some illegal link somewhere that you can get from a nice Korean young lady who will yeah, share probably. on Instagram. So check that out as well. Meanwhile, I'm Rabbi Dave. Oh, wait, I we, am... gotta, we didn't even talk about liking the show and downloading no, the you show. Gotta, uh, yeah, p- people, like the show. Download it, email please. It. You know, email us. Whatthefrock.org. I got an email from Steve asking about nuclear stuff. Yeah. Steve's always great to you know, right. send us emails and stuff. Steve, it's not Thanks. that I didn't answer your email, but I, I was kind of busy this week. So. I was locked up, so I couldn't. And he was in the yeah, I had him in custody, so there you go. <laughs> On that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And this has been... What the Frock?